Hi, I'm Rashida Begum and this is SEO 2023. Rashida, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Understand your data. That would be my biggest tip understand your data okay so there's many different ways we can dive into that Uh, what data specifically are we talking about here so when i've worked across a lot of e-com brands that are quite big in terms of the revenue they're bringing they almost every single time miss or have a gap in understanding seo performance by content group so understanding how their product pages are performing versus category pages What part of that is brand? What part of that is non-brand? Instead, they're focused on a very top-line view, looking at seasonality, and I'm talking about e-com here, and then analyzing data on a page-by-page basis, which really limits how you view your performance and limits what you're able to do and then feed into your strategy. So you mentioned product pages there. How do you break down your different categories of pages. Product pages, obviously. What other categories of pages do you tend to focus in on? So the easiest way to break it down is by looking at the URL pattern in terms of setup. I think a lot of the problems start with not having the correct setup. So if you have the skill set doing that yourself or working with a data team, in terms of what other pages are there, e-com sites, 90% of them are product pages. So that, if you want to succeed, your product pages need to do well. And then the remainder is your homepage, your category, your content or editorial. That makes up the rest of the 10%. So for me, that's always the focal points. If you want to move forward, you need to be looking at product page, category pages, homepage and editorial, but more on an association basis in terms of looking at your brand and your branding, not looking at it from a revenue perspective if you're looking at editorial content. Okay, so you mentioned that product pages are 90% of it from an e-commerce perspective. So obviously essential. So what makes a great product page at the moment in terms of, I guess, volume of content, type of content, calls to action, other elements of SEO? I think for me, a good product page is you need to be working with your copywriting team. There needs to be a really close relationship with the copy that's actually being produced and understanding the tone of voice, the brand, but also looking at the search element and thinking, okay, what would a user be looking for if they wanted X product? And then that could also feed into your metadata logic. So looking at in what order is the brand appearing, the product title, are we naming things in line with what people are looking for, or are we using fashion terms that are only really resonate with a small number of people? And I think that's quite a common can be a common issue when you're working in high-end fashion, where you just assume everyone knows what you're talking about. So it's like taking a step back and saying, okay, let's work with our copywriting team. Let's understand our brand. Let's get that through because you're telling a story. But then let's also use data to target users who are looking for that product so we can show up and be associated. You mentioned metadata logic. Have Google changed the way that they're using metadata um, significantly in the last year or so? What I mean is more so in how you're creating your metadata. So a lot of the times there'll be a logic in your CMS of enter brand, enter category, and it will just pull it from your, uh, what's that, your product entry in the CMS. 
So looking at if that is automated, can you play around with that, test it, look at click-through rate. For me, it's all about understanding what's happening in the process and then being able to test it to say, can we improve this? And if it doesn't work, you apply those learnings. It's a really nice cycle to follow. And I tend to do it every six weeks, running tests on product pages and things. Every six weeks? Yeah. So not in terms of changes, but measuring the performance. Why six weeks? I found that six weeks give you gives you enough time to do post and pre one week and then you can see if the results fluctuate and when you're working in e-com as well there's so much seasonality you could do it a shorter period but then too much there's too many variables that influence that whereas six weeks gives you enough data to understand okay did this work and if so great let's roll it out to the rest of the pages but if not okay, we can put a pause on it. It's six weeks of um, performance that's impacted. What's an example of some analysis that you've done over, over that type of six-week period that's um, produced a result that you, you didn't really actually anticipate beforehand that, that perhaps people can learn from? There was a really simple one that I did for a retailer when I was leading SEO. And what we did was simply just changed the homepage meta title and what we did is include a USB. So the USB was express shipping. So nothing out of the ordinary, but we had never changed our homepage meta title ever. It, would, it just stayed the same. So what we wanted to test is the content ordering. So in the order in the message is actually displayed in the meta title and then also including a USB because in the e-com world, shipping is one of the biggest factors of why people shop with you or decide to at last minute if they decide to go with a competitor over choosing you. It will be because of shipping. So we wanted to test that. And a week later after we went live, our clicks were up by 80%. Six weeks later, it was up by 160%. And those results never went back to post, they remained steady for the whole year. So that was pretty incredible just by adding express shipping in the meta title, our homepage just increased in click-through rate and remained bringing those clicks in for one plus year. How do you manage to isolate that it's definitely those particular keywords, that, that particular phraseology that um, has made the difference? Uh, are you able to do some kind of split test or do you simply have to just run it as it is for the period and compare results post and pre? So yeah, we do post and pre. We measured about 12 to 16 months of data and then looked at 30 days prior to that. No other changes took place on the site. There was no seasonality that we saw across the other marketing channels, everything else was really steady. And the only change we had made was that change and it aligned exactly with when it went live and then post the next day and then post the next week. So of course there'll be external variables, but we isolated it as much as possible and looked at any wider impact it could have had. So I'm pretty confident that that was the reason. And what software are you using to analyze it? So are you just looking in Search Console or something else? Yeah, so we kept it really simple. I think with tests and analysis, I don't think it needs to be overcomplicated. I think, yeah, it's great to be doing split tests and being able to look at 100 pages and then compare it to another 100 pages and have a likeness between them and using an algorithm. Yeah, that, that stuff is really great. But at the same time, a lot of SEO teams don't have the budget or don't have the team. They just don't have the people. So you need to really look at what you have and what you can do. So this is why I just used a really simple test 
did pre and post, looked at the external variables and used Search Console and then also GA to understand how is it impacting commercial KPIs such as revenue and then also traffic. You also mentioned the word editorial earlier on as well. So where does SEO fit into editorial or is editorial more of a brand play? Editorial is interesting because in the fashion world, millions go into it. Millions and millions. And to put that into perspective in terms of ratio, it will be normally like 100 times the investment in marketing or something ridiculous like that. So it plays a role in terms of branding But then when you're producing content online, you also want to be reaching an audience because you want people to see the content that you're producing and they also make use of the investment and see a return. However, from working on many brands, especially in the fashion space, it is very, very difficult to actually gain any commercial value through content because you're not only competing with other e-com brands, you're also competing with huge publishers like Vogue you're also competing with Telegraph Standard and if you're not able to have a team or clear focus on that then it becomes very difficult to actually get a return so for me a lot of the times editorial now reflecting back it's more about telling a story about the brand and using it through email and on site and social media but I feel like if it if I was to put it in a hierarchy, if your product category pages are doing well, the site's doing well, then you look into editorial. But if your site's not doing well, I wouldn't start there and invest my money there. I'd be looking at the more transactional pages. Something that we discussed briefly beforehand was that your suggestion was to write down everything that didn't work the year before prior to forming your strategy for the coming year. Why would you want to do that? I think a lot of the times when I speak to people, and I did the Brighton SEO talk this year as well, we all have the same problems. So for example, one of them could be that you don't have enough tech resource or people are just not listening to you in the business. They want to, but they don't have time or you're just not being... You're not able to communicate in the way it needs to be done for people to move the conversation forward or get budget sign off. And I think in the midst of it, you can become really overwhelmed with everything that's happening and moving around you that you forget to reflect and to understand, okay, what have I done that hasn't worked that I probably shouldn't repeat or I should get support from my team or my manager in understanding how can we do this better? And I think three things is good because it makes it manageable. Again, I don't think marketing SEO needs to be overcomplicated. It's about narrowing down to the things that will make a difference. So if it's the way you communicate, if it's you need senior stakeholder buy-in, who do I need to speak with? Who haven't I spoken with? Have I got enough exposure? These are the questions you need to be constantly asking yourself and getting help. It's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're not good at your job. It probably means you're very good at your job and that you're able to take feedback. And I think this is why it's so important to write down and reflect. And when you talk about creating an SEO strategy, how long does the strategy last for? And how often do you revisit it and perhaps hone it slightly? I think it depends on your business cycle. A lot of the times it's annual because everyone's doing it annually. However, in terms of the longevity of your strategy, for me, it's never a year. It's always two, three years plus. It's just at the end of the year, you look at performance and you say, okay, what worked, what didn't? What do we carry on? Because a lot of it is VAU. 
you carry on optimizing content, you carry on working with your teams to understand, for example, in e-com, what categories are going to be big next year, where we need to put our focus and where we need to work with your tech team in terms of user experience and so on. So for me, it's always almost like an ongoing strategy, but every year you understand, okay, what worked, what didn't, and has our business vision changed? Because if that's changed, then your strategy needs to change. So you've shared what SEOs should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? I've read a lot about algorithm updates and I've seen the helpful content update. And I think it's really good to understand how algorithm changes impact your site. I think that's obvious and a very good thing to do. But I don't think you should get lost in it. I don't think you should then say, okay, these algorithms have happened, create panic, we must change everything. You first really need to understand what's happened, how it's impacted you, and how big is the issue? Has it actually impacted your commercial KPIs? If not, why are we paying so much attention to it? For me, I think what I've seen across the years is less focus on vision and strategy and where you want your brand to be and what story you want to be telling than, oh, there's another algorithm update, what's gonna happen, panic, panic, panic. I think moving away from that, you need to really be thinking long-term. If something happens, you'll be able to assess risk and change your vision, but it always needs to come back to that. Great advice. Rashida Begum is Product Manager Search and SEO at Yale, and you can find her over on LinkedIn. Rashida, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thanks, it's been great. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.